You're listening to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast with Darshan Kulkarni. The Gavel and Pestle Podcast, where the law of the land intersects with the business of pharmacy. Hey, this is Darshan. Just before uh, you listen to the podcast, make sure you remember, this is not legal advice. This is also not medical advice, and um, it's not construction advice, so don't take construction advice from me. Also, this does not create an attorney-client relationship, so don't be saying that I just gave you legal advice again. Talk to a lawyer who knows you, that can give you advice that's right for you. Thanks again. Keep listening. We'll talk soon. Hey, Pharmacy Podcast listeners, welcome back to the Gavel and Pestle Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with your host, Darshan Kulkarni. Darshan, are you there? Uh, oh, here I am. <laughs> I need a, you sound a like nice you were falling off a cliff. That, that cliff we were talking about, sounded like you were falling off that cliff we were, we were mentioning last <laughs> podcast. There you go. Hey, so I, I was really hoping for when you walk in like a WWE wrestler, you have you have a theme music that goes yeah. on. We need to discuss that, Todd. I know. We need to pump up the music a little bit. Maybe I need to like just have it thumping in the background during the entire show. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, did you used to watch the show Murder, She Wrote with, um, what was her name? Uh, Detective Jessica Fletcher. Murder writer, amateur detective. I think the the actress was Angela Lansbury or something. Do you remember that? I never watched the show. I always saw it on TV, and then I changed the channel. Exactly. That's this the way time I, I may have to pay attention. Like my grandparents loved that show, and when I when I tried to watch an episode of it, the pace of it all was just it was just not my pace. Maybe we were just too young, but. I guess there was lots of information in there uh, of, of that day, and it's probably been transformed into more of the CSI stuff that we're, of course, exposed to. But I'm mentioning that because we have a, a murder uh, he wrote today on the Gavel and Pestle podcast, which is um, our government setting out to prove murder as a trial of the NECC president, which gets underway. and. There's a whole article and information and uh, case that's happening, and I want you to kind of set the table of the uh, prevalence and the seriousness of this all. So let's talk a little bit about what happened. Let's discuss context. Once we discuss context, it'll be easier to explain what happened and why it's important. So around 2009 or so, the government, um, the FDA specifically, started getting really, really picky. You, you had this uptick in enforcement from the US FDA. And what happened was that a lot of manufacturing facilities, a lot of drug companies that were making product, suddenly were told by the FDA that you don't meet the criteria we need, and we need you to fix things, upgrade things, pay fines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here's what happened. You suddenly had all these massive shortages you may remember at one point there were about 250 essential drugs that were on shortage. Well, that's great as a concept, but when you've got a patient in the ICU who doesn't have the medication that they need, that's a huge problem. So what do you do? You can't go to the manufacturers because they can't make it. You reach out to someone who's allowed to make the drug on an as-needed basis, uh, typically in response to a specific prescription i.e. your compounding pharmacist, your neighborhood compounding pharmacist. 
So you had these hospital pharmacists making things, and they said, you know what? We're already not appropriately staffed. Let's try to go to a compounding pharmacy, and maybe they'll make the drugs for us. So you started reaching out to them. We started reaching out to them and saying, can you get us these essential medications? Things like potassium chloride, which is literally used like water. Um, morphine, uh, several narcotics, to be honest. Um, and even today, we still use compounding pharmacies because they can give us products that are specific for our specific patient population. Well, that sounds all well and good, but compounding pharmacies do not have the same standards that, um, that drug companies do. And what happened because of that? You had co companies that started making more and more and more product. And you had cases like the NECC case where you started making, this, this person started making tens of millions of dollars by compounding medication. And let's be honest, it was in response to patient needs. Because if you didn't have the drug, these patients would more likely than not die. There were a lot of chemotherapy patients, for example, who didn't get the drug that they were look looking for. You had a lot of drugs that you simply needed access to. But we discussed in the last show, all drugs must be safe and efficacious and must not be misbranded. And a lot of these products were adulterated. So the, uh, the specific case we're talking about today is the NECC case. NECC was this massive compounding pharmacy. And what they would do is they'd make tons of product. And turns out they were not making it under the conditions that would be okay. And what did you get? You had about 60 people get hurt. You had, eight, uh, you had about 800 people get hurt. I think 60 people died. Um, and in specific cases, um, and people were charged. And the NECC was shut down. Uh, owners were charged. And most recently, starting January 9th, um, the owner of NECC is currently facing a murder trial. And that's what we want to discuss today. What we do as pharmacists has an impact. What we do as pharmacists helps patients. But when we do it wrong, you hurt patients. And when we do it wrong, we could be facing things like murder trials. And you need to be careful about that. It's kind of mind-blowing to me because I'm thinking, once again, um, as we mentioned in the last show, walking that tightrope. But in this case, it's really just doing what you know you're supposed to be doing anyhow and not cutting corners. And we all know the fungal meningitis outbreak and how that uh, caused a ripple throughout the industry and the pharmacy compounding sector. Um, it's really just doing what you're supposed to be doing, not cutting corners, paying attention to expiration dates. But, you know, we all have to be cognizant of different changes in regulations and in laws. And this specific case is fascinating because we have to see what changes come from it that could become constrictive to uh, what is a compounding pharmacy. Well, there are a lot of changes have already come from it, Todd, and we should discuss those as well. So the NECC case resulted in Congress coming together and saying this is a travesty. They passed what's called a DQSA, and they created this idea of a quote-unquote outsourcing facility. 
An outsourcing facility is basically a pharmacy that essentially makes large volumes of compound products. And they said, you're going to make such large volumes, you're essentially going to be a manufacturer. And since you're essentially going to be a manufacturer, we expect you to follow good manufacturing practices. So if you do, if you are what's called what's called a 503B facility, um, and you and you sign up to be a 503B facility, you can move product across state lines, you can make large volumes of products, and you don't need to wait till you have a specific prescription for a specific patient. On the other hand, if you are a 503A facility, which is what most pharmacists are, you're allowed to compound products but it's got to be in response to a specific prescription. It's got to be four patients, typically within state lines, and I think it's like 5%. And it's got to be in response to a specific prescription. So you, you've got to make sure that you decide which one of those two you want to be. In either case, the most important part is what do you follow? So for a 503B facility, You've got to make sure you're following good manufacturing procedures and practices. For a 503A, you follow, most companies believe that they should follow USP 797 standards. Well, that seems similar, doesn't it? They're, they're pretty close. Why, why would that be such a big deal? Well, if you look at the FDA enforcement, what you look at is consistently the FDA has found um, that that, pharmace uh, that pharmacies are not meeting the standards that they expect. A very recent conversation, and I, I sort of had this conversation with you offline, the FDA has, as late as yesterday, had, uh, had a conversation with them, and they informed me that they're very concerned about compounding pharmacies, whether it's USP 797, whether it's um, GMP. In either case, the FDA is not, not happy enough with um, with the standards that we as pharmacists are meeting. Um, so we need to do a better job because if we don't do a better job, we're looking at a, a fate similar to Cadden, hopefully not as bad, but essentially Cadden was the owner of NECC. He has a 97 count indictment. He's being charged in US District Court. He's charged with 25 deaths through the outbreak that sickened more than 700 people and killed in 25. NECC, what was the impact of all of this? NECC was shut down. Cancer medication was sold with expired drugs, including to Massachusetts Eye and Ear Hospital. Um, the syringes were, that were sent out were not sterile. Um, Cadden, who was the owner, who's being charged right now, bragged about incompetent state regulators. And um, in, in certain cases, just to make sure that they had prescriptions, Employees used fake and celebrity names, including Fisher Fillet, Tom Brady, and Jennifer Lopez, to substitute <laughs> for patient names as part of the alleged con conspiracy to pass as a pharmacy. Unbelievable. Wow. And that's what I'm talking about. That's like the obvious criminal stuff that if they get hammered and fined and thrown in jail, all the better. Yeah, but it's that it's that good organization out there. It's that good pharmacy organization out there, pharmacy owners out there 
that are doing the right things, but they need the subject matter expertise. They need someone in their corner who understands these laws, understands the changes, and even the predictive changes, meaning someone like you, Darshan, who sees all of this information, they can see what's coming. I like the fact that you've been doing educational webinars for pharmacists and pharmacy owners, pharmacy stakeholders lately. I want you to kind of explain some of that. And let's set the table for the owner, for the listeners of the Gavel and Pestle podcast to take advantage of your intelligence, possibly sign up for one of these, and then better yet, reach out to you to understand how to leverage you and your firm. Well, thank you very much. So essentially, I'm doing these webinars to help pharmacists, to educate pharmacists, to make sure that we don't land up in the same situation as Mr. Cadden is. We want to, uh, I want to make sure that you know what the differences are, what the expectations are, what is the FDA expecting versus what's actually happening. Uh, so I'm doing webinars for pharmacy owners. I'm doing webinars that meet our C credit so that we can get those out of the way. Um, I'm doing both the law portion as may be required, but I'm also talking about the pharmacy portion as may be required. Um, stay tuned. We'll send you some links. We'll keep them in the show notes as, as appropriate. Um, I'm also teaching at the University of the Sciences. So some of those presentations may come through as well. So stay tuned. There are going to be lots and lots of links. Uh, I deal with the FDA all the time. That's what I do as a uh, as an attorney. So it, it should be very, very interesting, very, very exciting. And we, we're going to be doing both webinars and in-person uh, conversations. And as we keep going, Todd's been very kind. So we're going to be uh, inviting you to more and more of these things. Um, and we want to provide this as a useful tool for the pharmacy podcast subscribers and, and maybe we'll talk Todd, about some discounts for them as well <laughs> that just seems fair very very much so so something that is transitioning right now that's in flux that's very exciting and it does play into compounding pharmacy it also plays into specialty pharmacy and actually there's a crossover between those two sectors of what is the pharmacy industry, and that is medical cannabis. So I think <laughs> that, that Gavel and Pestle Podcast should do a deep dive into the mysteries of medical cannabis. Here's the thing, Darshan, that I do know. There are Good. compounding pharmacies out there who are going to be able to take advantage of when things become um, – state to state and uh, nationally yep. legalized to compound creams, pain creams using mm -hmm. THC and using different uh, components of what is cannabis. Mm -hmm. And it's going to do some amazing things for sports medicine. It's going to do some amazing things for arthritis victims. And I just think it's incredible opportunity for compounding pharmacy as well as specialty pharmacy to kind of stay ahead of it. Oh, you, you better believe it because I'm actually talking – I already have some clients in the medical marijuana business uh, who have been helping already. And it's a growing – well, growing doesn't do justice to what's happening right now. It's a, it's a field that's blowing up and uh, it's massive. It's growing. We absolutely should talk about weed as the next big thing that's coming down the pike. Um, I serve uh, on PSHP and uh, – which is the uh, – Pennsylvania System of Health System Pharmacists, Pennsylvania Society of Health System Pharmacists. And we talk about, well, as medical marijuana becomes more and more real, how should um, hospitals deal with these patients who are coming in? Should hospitals have to face and, and should they allow for weed to be taken when you're in the hospital? How will that play out? Those are all questions that we're asking and answering. 
And maybe, maybe the Gavel and Pestle listeners will be the first people to hear the answer that I think should apply. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Well, once again, Darshan Kolkarni, Gavel and Pestle podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And Darshan, thanks for all the information. Thanks again. Hey, this is Darshan. Thanks for listening in. I really want to talk to you. Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at, at FDA Lawyers. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Darshan Kulkarni. And if you want to find me any other way, well, start with Twitter, but you can always email me as well. Darshan at conformlaw.com. Thanks for listening in. I'm really excited to hear from you.